This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. For the first time in five years, and for the first time since starting this podcast, we're going to be talking about a defeat to Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. Yes, Maurizio Sarri was the last man in charge when we lost to Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. It's been a very, very depressing day, but it's in general just been a pretty grim week for Chelsea off the pitch and on the pitch, which we will get into. I'm joined by good friend of the pod, Jam, at Carefree Jam, Jam. It's a pretty silly question, I guess. It's probably some of the mood right now, but how are you doing? Oh, I'm a bit deflated, to be honest, mate. Um, I like to come in with, like, you know, a lot of energy. Life goes on, though, mind you. There is a massive life outside of football, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit peak on the pitch. But if you hadn't realised that we were in trouble until now, then I wonder where you've been. So, in some ways, my expectations were low, so I'm not that as much as... As much bothered as I could be, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it's deflating, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. As I always do, guess I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Jam, tell people where they can find you and all your work and the Chelsea Social. Yes, man. Everyone can find me on at carefree underscore jam. That is for Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Um, and I'm also, as everyone knows, I'm also one of the co-owners of the Chelsea Social. So, at the Chelsea Social. Twitter, Instagram, um, and then at the CFCW social too for the women's team. Uh, yeah. Again, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, make sure you check them out. Links will be in the description below. Right, we have got a bit to talk about before we get onto the disappointing afternoon at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Jam, we were kind of hit with the new sort of, in, I guess, the embargoed section of the press sort of late Friday night, but Grandpa was kind of real that he, his family, you know, his kids had received death threats. From Chelsea fans, I mean, that was pretty disgusting to hear, pretty abhorrent to hear. And I think 
also your reaction is always going to be worse, especially when there are children involved. Um, just what were your just quick thoughts when you heard that and just your feelings on, on that situation in general? It's absolutely depressing. Um, you know, we, we all love our families. And when you look at your family, imagine going to work and then realising that not only you've received a death threat or wishes that you were dead, um, but your family and your children have also been within those threats slash wishes. Um, I think that is absolutely abhorrent. And, um, you know, everyone knows that's wrong. Everyone knows that's wrong. Even people that are potter out are saying, you've crossed the line, da 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 But I think what's disappointed me the most is how some people have tried to justify that. Normalise it, I think is, yeah. Normalise it, sorry. That's the right word, Um, normalise it. So what they've done is they've gone, well, that's only happening because we are not playing well on the pitch. And that is absolutely ridiculous. That that is diluting the significance of what has happened. And I think I've also seen some people say that we shouldn't have publicised that. Um, you know, publicising it is part of Chelsea's PR, whatever. It's That has disappointed me more than the death threats themselves. You know, it's just been absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I think there they gets a point where in football, we, we have to realise it is just a game. OK, we love it. Got a deep passion. We've followed this team for, for many years, but it should never cross that line. Nothing should. These guys are just going to work. They're professionals. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's crazy man no exactly and I think when you think of the change sort of Graham and his family will have done I do not know if they would have moved from where they were for kids but there'll be kids at school kids who you don't know who kids who already might be getting bullied just because you know their dad's Chelsea manager and he's struggling and they're already dealing with other things again I do not know the ages of the kids but you know they'd be different um, ages of school different parts of life where they should be enjoying life and they're sort of subjected to that, you know, something that's completely out of their control. They they have no say in what happens at Chelsea Football Club. And they are sort of just for collateral in all this. And that's just just pretty, pretty abhorrent. Um, it's just really grim. And it just it just makes me just hate modern fandom online. It just hate, makes me hate modern fandom. I'm not a fan of it anyway, but it just makes me loathe it. And it just makes me angry. It makes me embarrassed to be a supporter of a football club that other so-called supporters share with me, but are just entitled unhinged morons to be to put it bluntly that is to say it's never it's never okay um you know there is more to life than football I'm sorry people I know football is important it's important to you it's important to me it's important to jam it's important to a lot of people but there are a lot more things important to football than football I'm sorry and if if football is the most important thing in your life then you've got to reassess your priorities you've got to find other interests and other things to enjoy because I'm sorry there is more to life than football your life cannot just revolve around football 24 7 it's not it can't that's not healthy and it's just disgusting that he has been subjected to this. No manager should ever, no person should ever be subjected to this. It's it's abhorrent. What does it achieve? Like, what do you think? There's nothing positive to gain from sending death threats. There's nothing positive. You can't even see the sender cannot even be thinking in their warped mind or warped point of view. But there's anything beneficial going to come from this? What's that going to do? What's it going to do? Pod, it's not going to make you know. Pod, it's not going to make Potter's mood any better. It's going to make it worse. That's not what we want. His family's worse. He's going to be worried about his family. He's got other things to worry. What do you achieve from this? You achieve absolutely sweet fuck all. It's pathetic and it's immature. And the death threats and it's just horrible. And that's not what you want to read. That's not the story you want to come out also at any time, but especially before a game against one of your biggest rivals. 
That's not the stuff you want to hear. And we've heard like throughout the season, it's been difficult for Chelsea, but you just not want to add. It's been difficult for Chelsea for a number of reasons, but you just not want to add fuel to the fire and make it even more, this situation more difficult. And Jam, I think we've got to ultimately have a conversation moving on from social media and sort of Chelsea Twitter and online in general, because it doesn't just, it doesn't just start at this point. It builds up to this point and some people take it too far. And we've got to say social media has been a fucking horrendous place for months on, on there, hasn't it? And it's just made enjoyment, any enjoyment gone away. And it's just been not loud people shouting, screaming daily into the void. Just, and it's achieved nothing. Just your thoughts. Because obviously this issue does not just start from a couple of morons. It starts deep down and then bubbles up to a couple of morons taking it too far. Yeah, I think what you said there, you know, beautifully put, uh, fully agree. And, you know, it kind of starts from the, the point where we all, to some extent, dehumanise footballers because they're pros and earning so much money. The managers are on so much money. People talking about the package that Potter gets if he gets sacked. You know, we associate all of that money mean to to the point that we it kind of means that these guys don't have feelings, that they're not human. That That's how people kind of take this on social media, and it's crazy. They are human beings, okay? They get they earn so much money. We wish we could have more, but they are human beings. You, you can't be doing this stuff. And I think social media is, is so toxic. It really, really, really showcases how tribal football is. It really does. Because fo- football is so tribal, and I think a lot of people get led by that emotion. And it's okay to be emotionally driven to an extent, but when it completely overrides any logic and you start going to these lengths and sending death threats and just being constantly negative and toxic, then you've just got to reassess yourself. And I think social media is just, it's unreal for those people because they don't have to show their faces. They don't have to have any of their personal information. No one knows who they are. They can just spout whatever and negativity gets likes. It gets engagements and it's, it's just crazy how it works. So people see that and they're like, I want to be negative without any logic, just go with their emotions. And it just leads to this. It builds up to this. Um, and people just want to fight because there's no consequences. Like they can have a fight with someone and just block them or mute them or just ignore them. And then they get engagement from that fight. And it, it just goes on and on and on and on. And I think, uh, sadly, it does lead to, you know, um, Graham Potter getting death threats. It, it leads to just the whole fan base feeling a certain way not looking forward to the game. You know, it, it's something needs to change on there. Um, you could say us winning on the pitch would help, but I think that that deep-rooted problem is still going to exist there. It doesn't matter how quiet it is, but it's still going to be there. And uh, people need to change their mindsets and just reassess themselves, to be yeah. very honest. And Jam, you kind of mentioned where sort of tribal in there. I think the worst part is it's tribal within our own fan base about differing opinions that's the worst part i've got like tribalism in football in terms of bantering opposition fans absolutely fine and sort of mocking them a little bit and taking digs whatever fine but it's like people actually taking digs at our own our own supporters being tribal and fighting each other over differing opinions like that just does not help it adds nothing i said i'm gonna i'm not gonna name name of account but i saw on a tweet there's a tweet i saw today at full time there's a tweet i saw at full time today you know, they said, it's funny to see the fickle Protestants wanting him out after backing him all week. At least stick to your guns, brain dead clowns. 
Now, look, I this account, and you can search this on Twitter, may know it is, it's fine. You can search this account up, right, though, and you can you can find out who it is. And you can search my this account and know they have not they have been potter out, that's been their stance for a while. I've got absolutely no issue with that stance at all. It's their opinion. They've seen stuff on pitch and they've come to that conclusion. I'm absolutely fine with that. What I'm not fine with is taking essentially a dig at people for not having a differing view. What does that achieve? And by the way, this is tweeted after the game. So this is after we've got the news on the after obviously the, the death threat story came out on Friday. A day before, there's a tweet on Jorginho, and it got made out to be taking a dig at Potter stands. Like, do people... This is my thing, bro. This is my thing. There are people who have their opinions, but they will then take unnecessary digs at other people for having different opinions. You can have your opinion. That's absolutely fine. I've got no issue with you having your opinion. But you then take a dig at someone because they've got a different viewpoint to you. That achieves nothing. That achieves nothing other than just adding to a toxic environment. And it goes back and link. This is how it links back to Ellie. If you are being negative 24 seven and you are taking and you are express and you are taking shots of people for having a different opinion to you, all you are doing is adding and creating a toxic environment on Twitter. You are these people who do these tweets who are negative. They are, let me be clear on this. They are not responsible for some moron crossing the line and sending a death threat. They are not because they do not control that person's phone and what's the message they send. They do not control that, but they are responsible for contributing to a toxic atmosphere on their platform online, which has led people to feel comfortable exhibiting that behavior. And that is what people need to understand. I'm not going to say to people, you can't tweet this. I'm not trying to censor people. I'm not trying to do that. But you've got to realize, even if you do not realize it, there are consequences to what you are tweeting. If you are being relentlessly negative and taking shots at people, 24 taking shots of people for having a different view to you you achieve nothing other than a toxic environment and that then leads to that and this is just what i guess just frustrates me a bit because this is this can be avoided you can express your opinion you can express your opinion without taking shots of people you do not also have to express your opinion daily to people like you do not need to relentlessly ram it down people's throats like there as i said earlier there are other things to do with your time there are other things to do I said, I'm sympathetic to when I read stuff after a game and maybe a day after a game. I'm kind of sympathetic to it. But when I see it daily, 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 when we're not even playing, I said that Jorginho tweet example, taking a dig at people's supporters, we hadn't even played yet. That was yesterday. It was Saturday for those listening on Monday. I just get fed up with it. And people need to realise that these, like, these, there are consequences to your tweets. Like, there are, like, whatever you think, there is some sort of consequence, not a direct consequence, but an indirect consequence to you just being relentlessly negative and contributing, because all it is is just noise pollution. It's just noise pollution, but clogs everyone's feeds. Some people will just get riled up and will respond because they do not like seeing that negativity and they want to fight. And it will just encourage all different types of people. And it's just absolutely toxic. And it adds absolutely nothing other than just making Twitter basically not an enjoyable app for people to spend time on. It's just grim. As I said, yeah. I'm not saying you've got to be happy about the situation. I'm not asking people to be happy about the situation because that would just, that's not true. There's not, there's not really anything to be happy about right now at Chelsea, certainly on the pitch. But I'm just saying, do you have to be relentlessly negative all the time? Do you not get bored of it? Do you not get bored of just essentially screaming into the void? Because your opinion holds absolutely zero weight to the owners. They're not looking at your tweet going about thinking he's whatever he's out of his depth and going oh yeah i'll listen to what user xyz thinks about this man oh yeah cool i'm gonna listen to him no it doesn't your opinion holds absolutely zero weight it holds zero weight 
But what your opinion does do is create a toxic. What your opinion can do is it can create a toxic atmosphere, but can lead to people can lead to people feeling comfortable crossing a line. As I said, I've not got I'm not trying I'm not going to censor people and tell them what you can and can't tweet on there. But just think about what like think about what you're doing. And if you struggle to see if you struggle to see how you being negative 24 seven and tweeting all your things and taking shots, people does not actually effectively add up to contributing to a toxic atmosphere. I do not know what to say to you. But yeah, it's just a general point on Chelsea social media in general. I get things are not good. I'm not asking you to be happy. I'm not. But can you maybe refrain from the negativity or just taking shots at people for a different view? Express your view. Say you're not very happy with what's going on and fucking leave it there. You achieve absolutely nothing. And you probably get yourselves wound up. You people probably get themselves wound up doing it as well. It's just utterly, Mick. utterly pointless and nothing comes from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's an absolute breach. And, you know, to add to that, I think the solution, at least what I do myself, is I personally, in my life, Never allow football to piss me off more than 24 hours. So exactly. I'll always say, like, today, I'll say, okay, I'm annoyed for the rest of the day or whatever, however long. I'll go to bed, I'll wake up, tomorrow's a new day. And if I feel that kind of a way, I won't go on the app. Just take yourself off the app. Exactly. Take yourself off. Go for a walk. Do you know what I mean? Touch grass, as they say. Go away from the app. Just... You don't have to constantly spout this BS all the time. You don't. Exactly. Like that's, we, as that's I said, a message. We've got no issue with your with people's stance on the manager and wanting him gone. No issue with that. But it's just the fucking relentlessness of it. And as I said, and the attacking of people for having a different opinion. It's just what's jarring. Just let people just, you know, go about your day without attacking people and just do your thing. Do not take digs. And do just not be, just do not be insufferable because all it just comes across is just making you look like a prick. That's all it does. These tweets do not come across as like witty or funny or anything. It just comes across as you making yourself look like a massive prick that people are going to lose respect for you over. Like if you've got, if you're strongly potter out, fine. But if you're going to fucking bang on about it all the time and you're going to take digs at people, I'm going to kind of lose respect and not really care for what you've got to say. Whereas if you're, if you actually are potter out and you go, and you list your reasons and you're calm and respectful and you don't take digs at people, I will listen and I'll have a conversation with you and I will kind of respect what you've got to say. But if you're just going to be a dick about it and just not and just take digs, then no, I'm not going to respect what you've got to say. Ultimately, it's not hard to just be a decent person on Twitter. It's really not hard to be a decent person on Twitter. But people seem to make it really hard and I just don't get it. As I said, as Jam said, let a game affect you. Be angry the rest of the day, 24 hours after max. But then you've got to move on. I'm sorry, you've got to move on. I understand you can maybe feel gutted and disappointed over a game of football. But you don't have to fucking be angry about it all over. I'm still heartbroken over that Champions League's exit to Real Madrid. But I don't fucking take to Twitter just banging on about it daily or being being negative or, or you know, shouting X, Y, Z. You know, it hurts, but I've kind of, I moved past it. It still hurts, but I'm kind of moved past it and I'm not going to tweet about it. It's just the thing, like, you don't need to just do what you're doing. It achieves nothing. You're just yelling into a void. Your voice is pretty meaningless in the grand scheme of things. None of us really matter on Twitter. We're all pretty irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. We're just people expressing our opinion on things. And as I said, there's nothing wrong with expressing your opinion. But just don't be insufferable and relentlessly negative about it. And at the same time, and I let me be clear, I do not see this. 
But if there are people who, you know, still try to be relentlessly positive about Potter, I would also say stop that because that doesn't achieve anything. But I, I, to, to be fair, I do not see that on Twitter. I really don't. Maybe some people do and they will tell me they do. I do not see that at all. I basically just see relentless negativity. So just please just all do better. We can all do better because that situation should never happen. That situation should never happen. And look, I'm not saying if people tone down the amount of stuff they tweeted, but those death threats wouldn't happen because there will still always be an unhinged or two individual out there who will just act unaccordingly anyway. But you can just contribute to making Twitter and Chelsea and that sphere a better place. And I realise there may be listeners here who do, who are not on Twitter or who are not on social media who are thinking, why am I wasting the first 15, 20 minutes listening to this? And I can only apologise, but this has just been something that's going topical. And I do know quite a few of our listeners, etc., are on social media. And we do interrupt them, but it's just one of those things. You can do so much better. You can do so much better than just with your time on Twitter. As I said, you do not need to tweet relentlessly about a game or everything, but maybe it's getting things off your chest, but there's different ways to do about it, man. You don't need to just, people can just conduct themselves better. This idea, this wanting to be right on things, as I've said for Potter, there should be no point scoring on the Graham Potter managerial appointment. Okay, some people were right about him or maybe were right about him, you know, saying he was out of his depth and they called this earlier on. Well done, well done. Like, what a fucking amazing, what amazing analysis you made. What amazing call you predicted there. Cool. What has that achieved other than some, like, inflated sense of ego and some inf- in really inflated sense of self-importance and self-worth? Like, what has that achieved other than that? Nothing. As I said, like, we've got no issue admitting we were wrong about something or wanting this. On this podcast, you can go back. I vehemently did not want Thomas Tuchel to manage Chelsea Football Club. We're in three games. I bloody love the bloke. And I was glad he'd come. And I couldn't say enough nice things about him. And I still can't say enough nice things about the bloke. Opinions can change. And you don't need to just go after people. And just like, as I said, this whole point scoring thing. Your fans, you should, fans should not fight with each other. But it's this bizarre thing that I see on social media. Where fans just feel the need to fight with people. It's stan culture. It's just modern fandom. And it's just so pathetic. It's truly so pathetic. And I can safely say... Football is the only sport I actually have this issue with. Football is the only sport where I actually have this issue with with modern fandom and sports. I can, I've got other interests. I like my cricket. I never see, and admittedly, I've not delved too deep into the cricket to a wormhole, but I never see anything obscure. I can have reasonable, logical conversations on with cricket with people without it getting around. NFL, I can talk to other people, but football just seems to be that one sport that's just so unhinged in modern fandom. And it just drives me crazy how... Stupid people are. As I said, Jam, how many accounts, how many accounts have you muted since Potter has come in? How many words have you muted over the last few weeks, months, just to try and make your enjoyment on the app better? Because it's people are just insufferable with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been unreal. I mean, we're talking, we're probably talking, I'm not joking, in the last, since the start of the year, maybe... Over a hundred accounts. I'm not joking. Over a hundred accounts because I do it very quickly. Um, I've currently got the words Tukul, TT, Graham Potter, Potter, Mason Mount muted. I do because it just, you know, it's just on and on and on and on and on and on. It's just pure negativity. And I think it, it just to what end? <laughs> to exactly. what end? You what know? does it achieve? As we said, there's nothing wrong with being upset about Chelsea. And when we get onto the Spurs game, and I promise we will go on to the Spurs games, we will probably likely be very negative about that game because it was very negative. However, we will leave it on the podcast and we will move on. 
and that's not that hard to do. But anyway, yeah, as I said, it's just incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And I just it, it does link to a wider point because it all starts from somewhere. And Chelsea Twitter is not a happy place. It's not. It's a really miserable place. As soon as going on after every game, if we do not win, I'm before every game, if we do not win, I'm already regretting what I'm going to see. I also already know what I'm going to see. I already know I'm going to get like see tweets with two wins in however many games it is. And I get that. I understand that. I don't have an issue with that. But I already know it's so predictable what I'm going to see. It's just jarring and it's frustrating. Even going back to last season, when we're playing in that Carabao Cup final v Liverpool, I'm dreading our players taking penalties because I know the one that misses is going to get dogs abuse. That's what I'm dreading. And I'm seeing it and I know it's going to happen. And it's just like, it's genuinely just awful. People claim to be fans and supporters of Chelsea Football Club. Your role, your only role as a supporter of Chelsea Football Club is to support your club, your players and your manager. Now, look, as I said, you do not have to be big on Grand Potter. You can think he's out of his depth and think he should go. But while he's Chelsea manager, you should you should still support him. And to be to be fair, I think a lot of people do support him. Obviously, there were some fucking idiots online saying, you know, I hope we lose to Spurs. So if, if I would lose to Spurs for them, Potter gets sacked. But those are people just being edgy and looking for attention. And you kind of ignore those people but it's not hard to just support your club your players and your manager they're the important parts of a club but people just seem to be, have this unable to do it like even like we'll get into it today i do not know but i've not really checked the time it would not surprise me to see people just attacking x y and z after the game saying they're this and that it's just like it's not hard i get frustrations i get criticizing but you criticize and you can criticize but there's a there's a way of criticising that people just seem unable to do. But yeah, Jam, I think unless there's anything to add, we better move on to the Spurs game. No, I think we covered it now. Yeah, something that had to be said. It's done no, now. exactly, and it has to be said because this is an issue that's been boiling up for a while, and and it and it reached you know it reached ahead where, with the death threats and where it's come from. Just be better. Just be better online. Realize that what you're tweeting, there are realizing that there are you are your what you tweet does create you know is responsible. It does have some consequences, not direct, but some indirect consequences. Just be responsible with what you're doing. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, let's go on Spurs, Jam. Oh, that was really bad. Like... I can't say anything good about that. And I'm saying this about Chelsea performance for the second week running. It's depressing after the good feeling about Dortmund, despite defeat, it just feels deflating. Like all the life has gone out of us. It just feels we're almost sort of back to where we were losing, you know, just before the World Cup, 
those games against Forest, losing 4-0 to City in the Cup, etc. It almost feels like we're there. We didn't create anything. We had what, one shot on target. We created nothing. We conceded sloppy goals. We just had a lot of possession and did absolutely sweet fuck all with it. It was just a depressing watch. But just thoughts, feelings on that game. So... This is the first time in the new Tottenham Stadium or whatever it's called um, that we've conceded a goal, but we conceded two today and we lost. First time we lost in league, both of those stats. Okay, one happens because the other one, but it's just, it's it feels like records are coming. Records that we don't want, unwanted records. And I just didn't see enough fight from the boys in a London derby. In a fixture that we always dominate. Every single time we play these guys, we beat them four times last season and we turn up like that today. And there was only one team that really wanted it like that. Do you know what I mean? They came out in the second half and they were on it straight away and got that quick goal. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it is a bit depressing when you think about it. And I, I just, a lot of questions go through my head. Um, where is the change coming from on the pitch? Where Where is it coming from? Do we lack leaders? Do we lack characters? Do we lack that mentality? Do we lack the attackers? What is it? And, you know, on that point, I, I've i got a few question marks over that starting lineup. I'm yeah. sure you do as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we will get into that. I jam before we get onto that, I think the most depressing part of our game was I was not at all impressed with Spurs, really. I did not think Spurs were great. I did not think they really posed much of an attacking threat. A deflected shot that hit the post in the first half was probably their best chance of the game, really. I mean, before we get into that, the first goal is just a miscommunication with Enzo and Kepa, where if they communicate better, Kepa can dive on that ball. We do not poorly clear it. And then Skip does not get his shot on goal. And, you know, maybe we start, you know, we do not go 1-0 down straight right away at the start of the second half. We do bear there. And then the second goal is a corner to set piece. Spurs are good at them. But, you know, it's a flick on. Again, Mason Mount on Eric Dyer is questionable, uh, putting him up against him. And then and then the back post, you know, the back post is there. Sterling loses his man and Kane's there to to tap in and it's just what's frustrating is it's just two really soft goals it's not like Spurs were good if we'd lost to a really good side and been awful I could kind of been like uh, you know it may be a tiny bit easier but Spurs were not great themselves I do not think Spurs were infinitely better than us they obviously you know probably wanted it more that's a you you I hate that phrase but they probably did but they just, they weren't great either but that's the thing I was not fearful of them really scoring a goal uh, really after that first off I was not fearful of conceding to them but it just happens with like I guess when it rains it pours like the attack can't fire and now you know the defense is leaky just thoughts on the two goals before we get into the starting lineup and the game itself yeah they stunk really didn't they they stunk I mean it's a great hit from um of all people Oliver Skip I never thought I'd ever see him hit a ball that fast but you know Kepa could probably do better but you know maybe he was unsighted a little bit um, and yeah, like you said, the second goal was just, they're good at corners, good ball in, fire them out. Oh, Jesus. I mean, that, that really annoyed me when I realised that in the replay. I was, I was very annoyed by that. Of course, Dyer's going to be, beat him in the air. And then, yeah, um, Kane on Mark to the back post. Two really poor goals, but 
this is what I've been saying about Spurs all season. Like they are the opposite of us in the sense that their their actual play isn't that great, but they manage to get those results. Maybe you could say because they've got a very good attack. Kulisevsky, Harry Kane, Son on and off this season, but usually Son's pretty good. They've got extremely effective attackers that will take their chance. That's probably the difference. Otherwise, their general play is rubbish. And today I had the hope that we would actually stick it to them. And we did in the, what, in the first, what, t- 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes? It looked good. It looked like, okay, let's let's go and get a goal whilst we're playing like this. And then what happened after that? Nothing. Nothing. And it's the key words that we see again and again and again. Oh, we got close. Oh, it was good link-up play. Oh, if he could only have just got his foot on it. It's starting to get to me. I must admit, yeah. it's starting to get to me. Um, yeah, just ultimately not good enough. But Spurs, I mean, they played us at the right time, didn't they? And yeah. you, when you look back to the reverse fixture at home earlier this season, we absolutely slapped them and drew. It, it's painful. To know that they got four points off us this season is painful. Yeah, yeah. As I said, first loss to them since 2018 under Maurizio Sarri and first time since 1560s and we failed to beat them in a league game. Yeah, Jam, and you kind of mentioned the most restrained part of that game is when I'm talking about the best thing we probably did was there was that move in the second half where there was some nice little interplay and I think Felix is involved and maybe someone else and he gets through to Havertz and the pass is just a bit too heavy whereas if Havertz gets a touch then maybe the uh, force to bring him down and wins a pen. That moment, that nice little interplay, that's probably like one of the best bits we can say about today. This is the thing, like, we can't, this is the, the most depressing thing about it. We're not even talking about, like, that's what we're talking about, is, like, the one of the rare good things about it, because there was basically nothing good. Um, let's get into lineup because that confused, surprised people. Um, Kuda Bali partners Silva instead of Badiashile. Interesting. It's Chilwell and Reese about four. We've got Reese and, um, so we've got Cover and, uh, not Cover. I'll we'll go on to him in a minute, uh, his absence in a minute. Enzo and RLC midfield. You've got ZH, ZH, Felix, Habits, and someone else whose name escapes me. Sterling, of course, Sterling. Just what were your thoughts when you saw that lineup? The first thing that came apparent to me was um, the wingers. So Sterling. I think he, you know, he he actually played well in hindsight looking at it. So I don't have too much to say about him because he was trying to take on his man, make runs in behind. As long as he does that, I'm absolutely happy with him playing. He hasn't been doing that before, before he got injured. Ziyech playing. <laughs> the man that was on the, the, the final day of the transfer deadline. Um, he, he was looking to move to PSG and it fell through. I mean, why are we starting him? Is it because he usually plays well against Spurs? I mean, this is a different season. This, it's a yeah, different I don't, season. I don't, I don't and, think it's that. He's got basically one moment against him, and that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. And look, I'm, I mean, I'm saying that just trying to yeah. scrape the barrel and see what I can say. You know, in that sense, that didn't make sense. And what we've what what you lose with Ziyech playing is the ability to run in behind because he's not quick. He's not going to look in behind. And I think with this Spurs team, if you can run in behind their their centre-backs that turn like buses, happy days. I'm so annoyed we didn't capitalise on that. That is the one position that annoyed me. And look, Hula Bali playing, that's a surprise because Badi Ishida has been, he's been excellent, really. 
And I have to hold my hands up and say, look, I'm wrong. Guess who's going to come for me for being wrong with my football opinion? I said, I'm not sure about this guy, but he's actually been solid. So look, I'm holding my hands up. But anyway, that was a surprise. But look, I, I mean, you can't really say too much about Koulibaly today. I don't, I'm not sure anything was really on him, but two surprising, um, two surprising starts, I suppose. Ruben Loftus cheek in the middle. Is it a case of match fitness, sharpness? instead of Zachariah playing, because I would love Zachariah to play. We saw it when he came on, more effective already in the minutes that he was on. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks here, and the result doesn't really help, Graham Potter, does it? No, no, exactly. Um, And I kind of like, ZH start, like, the one thing he's great is delivery and putting balls in the box. I basically don't remember him doing anything. He played one really nice pass in that first half. That was probably it. Um. Yeah, it was it was grim. Like I mean, looking at that team, like Kepa, obviously there'll be questions about for the goal he concedes. I thought Ben Chilwell just looked pretty distinctly average. Probably was pretty poor in my opinion. A couple of moments where he just like lack composure, all sorts. He just you know I'm sympathetic to him. He's trying to get back to fitness, etc. But that was poor. Silver goes off injured. That obviously does not help. Basically, the best defender we've had this season. That doesn't help to his credit. I thought Wesley Fofana came on and was pretty decent. Reese James, I thought, was pretty just pretty average today. Ruben was pretty pretty average. Felix tried, but you know, was pretty quiet. Didn't do much. I don't think he can do necessarily too much. Havertz just existed for ninety minutes on that football pitch. Sterling, you know, was decentish first half, but I think his kind of effectiveness sort of wore out a bit. Um, I'd probably say Enzo was probably the best player on that pitch. He was getting involved, you know, winning ball back tackles trying to do stuff you know he's probably one person i can say who actually had an above average game today maybe um but yeah it's just frustrating and look we can't go talk about jam zh he doesn't get sent off he initially gets sent off and i'll be brutally honest when listeners when that happened when when zh initially gets sent off in my head i'm just thinking i'm so done with you i never want to see you play for this football club again because it's nil nil in a london derby your team is struggling and you go and do that and potentially put your team at a disadvantage in cost of game. You've got, your head's got to be better in that situation. I'm sorry. You can't get that emotionally charged up and lose it there. And I know some people say, oh, he's showing fight. He's showing passion. It's more than the others. But that nearly put us in a disadvantage. And it was just incredibly stupid. In the same way, Mason Mound getting in a scuffle away at Borussia Dortmund a few weeks ago was incredibly stupid because he got himself a yellow card and thus suspended for the second leg. Like you've got, to, like, I'm. <laughs> there's a fine line between like, you know, passion and just being an idiot. And that was being an idiot from ZH in that moment. It was. And he's lucky he doesn't get sent off. Because that's just dumb. Like, it's one of those, it's farcical, I guess, in the sense that the ref is... I mean, Kai Havertz, I think, got booked in my incident, which I don't still quite know what Kai Havertz did in my incident to get booked. I was confused when I saw Kai get booked. But ZH initially gets read, and then I guess the farcicalness of, of the referee, who I thought... I mean, I'm not going to talk about the referee. He's irrelevant why we lost. But again, some questionable decisions. And, you know, stuff letting stuff go in this game, but really not not important. Sending him off, and then VAR making him overturn the decision. But Jam, I'll be brutally honest, I'd have put ZH off at half-time after that. He lasted 62 minutes. My criticism, his replacement is Mason Mount. Mikhailo Mudrik doesn't see the pitch till we're 2-0 down in the 83rd minute. Um... It's just criticism and frustrating. But it's just, it's frustrating. And I think what's painful about today as well, like it's because it's a rival and it hurt, it hurts that bit more. And it's probably harder to maybe see the game a bit logically because it's a bit more, this game is more emotionally driven. 
than say a game like Southampton. This is this is one of your rivals. This is a game that means a lot to supporters. It was just really, really tough to watch. And I said on the pod last week, you know, I did, you know, Southampton felt like rock bottom. It could only get lower. I do not think. I mean, there's a question: Was Southampton performance last week better than better than this one? I don't know because we created we created more against Southampton than we did in this game. You know, it's oh, it's a it's a tough one. Um, it's the situation is just not good, and I feel like we're again going to be talking about Graham Potter here. Uh, Jam, just thoughts, feelings on him because. He's one of those, I want him to do well. I really want to back him. He seems a lovely person. I want him to do well. I want him to be the guy. But that's, and I know on this podcast, I've repeated the phrase, progress is not linear. There will be ups and then there will be downs and we'll go go maybe back. But these have just been two really disappointing games. And they're two very different opponents as well. You know, relegation threatened Southampton and your biggest rival in Spurs, like, I can maybe understand motivation not being at an all-time high for Southampton, but it's got to be for playing Spurs, and it just didn't seem better. That did not seem like a Chelsea Spurs game. Like, the only time that ever threatened to be a Chelsea Spurs game was essentially the end of that first half when a little fight emerged. That was the only time that game ever resembled anything like a Chelsea Spurs game in the Derby game. That was just so flat. It was so timid. I mean, maybe also there's kickoff time, you know, I mean, one thirty-four. That's not an excuse on the players' performance. It's just maybe kind of adding context to this situation, but it was just so flat and so timid and you just like you want something to buy you want something to buy into but there's really not an awful lot to buy into right now Graham Potter is there yeah it's struggling isn't it really struggling um yeah I'll go back to those subs and like I said with the starting lineup I was disappointed not to see players that would like to run in behind all the time again Sterling did it at times so I can allow that but having Ziyech starting instead of Mudrich, annoying. But then bringing on Mason Mount instead of Mudrich in that position was just... I, would, <laughs> I was shaking my head. I just couldn't believe it. And then you saw Mudrich when he came on, what he did, you know, beat his man. First thing he did, beat his man, get a cross in on his left foot, and it was a decent cross. Okay, got headed out, but he showed what he could do straight away. Exactly. That pace, that ability to beat a man, we missed that. Ziyech doesn't bring that at all, at all. He just wants to cut in. People know this. He wants to cut in and put a left foot cross that's over here every single time. That's what he does. Or maybe shoot every other one. Yeah. He doesn't bring anything right now, no value. So I look at that decision, and you can call it hindsight, but I look at that and I go, what were you cooking, Potter? Yeah. What, what right. were you cooking? And, let, and let's just be, to interrupt briefly, let's be brutally honest. Ziyech and Mason Mount today were more interested in a fight than playing a game of football. Like when I, Mason Mount's cameo coming on, I can't tell you anything he did in terms of on a football level, but I can tell you him getting in a scuffle and getting himself booked again. 100%. Like that's, that's all I can say. The Ziyech, again, all I can point to when I talk about the Ziyech performances, he was very lucky not to get sent off in that first half. <laughs> like that's what I'm talking about. It's just frustrating. And I get Mudrick is very raw. I get Mudrick is raw. Him and Noni Madueke are incredibly raw players. And I do sort of get the reason why Ziyech started this game, because he maybe felt that he wanted a bit more experience for this game. But then Ziyech does that. And I'm sorry, Mudrick should have been on at halftime. 45 minutes. It's still nil-nil. It's still nil-nil. He should have been on at halftime. But he comes on the 83rd minute when the game's done. It's frustrating. But no, just continue. 
it's it's annoying, mate. You've said it, and do you know what? It, let me let me do this in typical FT fashion, right? No way did Mason Mount say the F word more times than he had touches of the ball. That's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. The the every time the camera zoomed in on his face, he was swearing. He was saying the F word, and I feel like, look. I've questioned the characters, the leaders in this team, the mentality. I've questioned it, and I don't think it's good enough. I don't think we have enough extroverted mentalities that will show it on the pitch. That could be an example of it, in a sense, but I think it's too far. It almost felt a little bit forced from him. Yeah, too almost much. a bit performative as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just too much, too much. And there is a, there is such a thing as, you know, too much of that aggression. Do you know what I mean? Channel it. Channel it, you know. Go into a tackle hard when you know you could get the ball, not in not in the sense of trying to foul the player, and then say get up. You know, these are the ways that you do it. There are ways to do it. Don't just f and blind at the ref because that's not really the right way of doing things. But look, Graham Potter. To go back to what you said, Graham Potter. I mean, look, we are in a crisis right now. Chelsea are in a massive crisis right now. We, we there, there are no two ways about it. We are. Relegation battles a bit too far, but we're not there yet. Not that we far off. Get there. We we shouldn't get there. Like we we if we get there, then we we really are in some deep trouble in the trenches. But look, at the end of the day, right now, as of right here, we have got the second leg of the last sixteen um, against Dortmund at home. Which, if we're basing it on the first game we played. We do have a chance. We're basing it the last two games we played. We don't have a chance. Let's see what happens there. And that's after Leeds at home. So we still have that to play for. We can get something out of this season in the sense of a little bit of pride, identity, gelling of the new players and all that. The only thing that I've got, right, is is Graham Potter the guy to get us to change our mentality right now and uh, change our confidence. Is he the crisis manager we need? Is he strong enough to... Bring the boys in. And I use this as an example. I think this is what I would like to do. But he knows more than me, obviously, with his qualifications, experience, whatever. Is he the type of guy to say, lads, I'm afraid we're in at 9am in, in Cobham and we're not doing any running, but I need to talk to you immediately. Nine o'clock into the room, the cinema room or whatever they've got there. And he will just go in. Do you know what I mean? Is he the guy to do that? Because... We've all had jobs where managers had a go at us to the point that we think, fucking hell, like, wow. And your head's just gone for like five minutes in the sense of, I've just been roasted. You turn it up after that, you do. You turn it up, you do. You absolutely do. You don't want that again, especially when you're paid to do it, you know, in terms of being a professional like that. Not in a job that maybe you're getting five pound an hour and you're like, "Ah, I could just suck it in. But something that you do care about, you'll turn it up. You'll say, this can't happen again. Is he the guy to do that? I don't know. Do we need that kind of a, a mentality from now to get us out of this crisis? I think so. So, Graham, I say to you, it's up to you to adapt now. You know, you're a very smart guy. You've got the emotional intelligence, whatever it is. We now need to see it. It's not all about being a nice guy all the time, in my opinion. It's about now turning the screw looking at players that aren't bothered and taking them out of the firing line, just say, look, you're out. I can't rely on you. 
And he's done that with Aubameyang. I think there might be a few others he could do that with. It's just me. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, that will be stuff behind closed doors and how he is in front of the media will be very different to that. So we do not know that will go on. But yes, it is It is something to, to consider. Look, Chelsea have scored six goals across their last 12 games in the Premier League. No side has scored fewer in the competition since the start of November. That's... I Sorry, mean, so, say that again? Chelsea have scored six goals across their last 12 games in the Premier League. No side has scored fewer in the competition since the start of November. Chore. Six in 12? Oh yeah. my God. Do you know what? I knew it was bad. We I know we've played more Premier League games than we have scored goals. I knew that was bad. We're in the minus goal difference right now, but we've scored six in 12. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's, it is tough because like Graham, please just show us something. As I said, there were signs against West Ham, those first 20 minutes, there were signs against Dortmund. There were signs, even, you know, the Liverpool-Fulham games, there were signs, Palace signs. But there's just been nothing. And the most depressing comment that I've, a lot of people said today is, you look at people like Felix, almost look at people like Enzo. They seem to have got worse <laughs> worse since they spent time training with us from when they just joined. That's one of the most perhaps alarming and depressing things that will come out of it. But it feels like players we signed in January have somehow already got worse. Like a few weeks ago, I was... Dog, sign. I was like, get Jao Felix, sign him. I love him. And now I'm like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like lost with it all. It's just really, really bad. And I just, yeah. I mean, Jam for that for comments for that earlier. Since November, Everton have scored the same amount of goals as our six. Palace eight, Southampton eight, Bournemouth ten, Forest ten. Newcastle 11, Wolves 12, West Ham 12, Fulham 14, Leeds 14. I mean, and obviously Rashford has obviously outscored us since November, I'm pretty sure as well. But, you know, he's in the form of his life. And, but, yeah, it's, oh, it is so, so brutal right now. And it's tough where, it, it is really tough to see where it changes because, I mean, today was obviously going to be a tough game, but Southampton should have been an opportunity to build something and change. Leeds next week is an opportunity to build something and change, but these have got like sooner or later, like you've got to actually do it. We can't just keep saying this is an opportunity. He's got to take sooner or later. It's got to actually happen. It's got to Nick, happen because it's, Nick, it's brutal. You said Leeds is an opportunity to change. <laughs> um, I've never feared a Leeds game at home as much as this. Indeed, same. I, I've got, I've got to be honest. That is beyond an opportunity. That is a problem in my eyes. It's a problem. Yeah, no, it's brutal. It's brutal. Like you're looking at like, because we can look that's that six goals scored in our last 12 games. You're genuinely wondering, are we going to like, when are we going to get our next win in a game? Like you're genuinely kind of thinking that like these pictures, like when is it going to happen? It's really, really bad. And as I said, my stance with Pollard this whole time has been, I'm pretty apathetic to the guy. While he's here, he's got my support. And that stance does not change based on a loss you know I'm still pretty apathetic to what I'm watching he's still Chelsea manager so he's got my support but questions are getting louder the noises are getting louder again it's a question I asked it last week will Bowley and Co and I'm not saying you know they have made the wrong decision but will they be bold enough and potentially to say you know what we made a de- we made the wrong decision with Potter will they be bold enough to admit that mistake and offload or not? That is a question. But also to that, they've got to have someone, a replacement lined up to it to replace him. 
we cannot just replace him and move on. And that is something that will be interesting going forward. Look, I do not know what's what's going to happen. It's really, it's really tough to just say what's going to happen. You know, there's managers I would happily have managed Chelsea Football Club, but I'm not sure how easy they are to get, you know, on a fair available. So I can give you a name like Julian Nagelsmann, who I'd absolutely love to manage Chelsea, but he's at Bayern Munich. I do not know how attainable that would be. If he was to come available, I'd happily, you know, go get him. Carlo Angelotti, some we all love, but by all reports, Real Madrid is sort of, you know, his last job in football, you know, before he retires. I know Brazil national team are sort of wanting to try get him. You know, I'd love him, but that's going to happen. But you've got to give me, as I said, as Jam and I sort of, it links back to what we said earlier with some of the, what we hear online. Give me an actual, try and give me an actual name and a solution and I'll be a lot more sympathetic to your constant moaning and negativity. Because, yeah, it just, as I say, this all just links because said, understandably, today, again, it's negative. People are fed up. I get it. I get why there's anger. I get there's frustration. Just please, just don't, you know, there's a way to, to do it. And, you know, I realise, you know, people, not everyone, you know, people on Twitter do not have podcasts to, to just express or vent their ways. And in a way, this is all the luxury for me and for Jam to sort of, you know, get out, get our views across and, and move on from it. But just, you know, it was really bad today. It was really, really bad today. I've got no clue if Graham Potter is a manager. I mean, let's be brutally clear. We're clearly at the moment trending in one direction and that is downwards. And that's not good. That's not good. Um, but yeah, just as I said, just going back to that, just be careful. Just think about what you're saying on social media online in general about the current situation. Just think, you know, can I, do I need to tweet that? Do I need to include that part of my tweet in my tweet? Does What does this tweet actually achieve? Just try and think, because as I said, we didn't want to fucking spend the first part of this podcast talking about social media and all that online stuff, but we have because it's prevalent. It all links to to something much bigger. So just be careful. I get this frustration. I'm not trying to tell you to be happy. I'm never going to tell people to to be happy or feel something they don't. But just think about your tweet, how you tweet, your actions on the app. Just think about how you conduct yourself on there. Again, this is just very specific social media. But even you know. This even goes links back to to what's going on, you know, fans in the grounds. I do, you know, I wasn't at the Tottenham Chelsea for the same day, so I can't gauge the general atmosphere. But obviously, we saw at West Ham away, Mark Cucurella sort of got booed off. Like that achieves nothing. You that that doesn't help at all. You know, show your displeasure at full time, whatever half time, full time, fine. But do not boo your individual players. That achieves nothing. I think we as a fan base, like it's bad. We're annoyed. We're upset at the players. We're upset at the manager. But you've got to still support them, and you've got to show. You've got to. There's ways, as I said, there's ways to criticise them and there's ways to, to go about it and conduct yourself. And I think, unfortunately, and I, I do sort of understand where why it gets, you know, I do sort of understand. I don't agree with it, but I do understand why some fans boo and why people are relentless. You know, I do understand it, but I just think you've got to be, we, us as a collective have got to be better because I don't think it helps or achieves anything in the situation. It doesn't help Chelsea get any better. It doesn't help Chelsea achieve what they want to achieve. It doesn't add anything positive to it. And I'm not saying all the time you've got to just tweet, you know, be positive, but you just think about what it will actually add and the value of your actions sometimes. Because if it's not going to add anything positive, then maybe it's just better not mentioning it. But that, maybe that's just me. Um, Jam, final thoughts. It's brutal. It's been a brutal week at Chelsea. I mean, we've been, we're, we're coming up to a really, you know, big couple of weeks, I think, because we've got um, Leeds, Leeds next weekend. We've got Brishy Dortmund in the midweek, and then I believe it, it's Leicester. Um, might be Leicester away. So some big, big games 
coming up some difficult potentially looking games on paper as well. Um, but again, every game is difficult. Just finally, what would be your what you just thoughts on the current situation right now, and then just sort of a final message to the people to I know, almost to try and you know bring people together. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would try. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, honestly, you're saying those games, and I was just my my face was just screwing because I'm thinking, wow, you know, Leeds, like I said, high intensity team playing them at home. You know, they're going to be well up for it. Rivalry and all that. Not looking forward to it. Dortmund at home, I kind of somewhat am looking forward to it because I think we played really well away at their place in the scary old ground. Even though we lost, I think, you know, there was a lot of uh, promise to take out of that. Just a shame that Southampton loss and the loss today has been between that. So let's wait and see what happens there. But, you know, you said Leicester away and I... They've been they've turned a corner recently, that team. So that is I know they're right down there, but my god, that's gonna be a very, very difficult game. Very difficult game. And um yeah, I'm, <laughs> where do we go from here? So I, I like I said, I, I genuinely think tomorrow I'll get everyone in, everyone involved and just say say it as it is, this isn't good enough, this is what we need to do. And I'd really raise that volume. I'd go beyond 10. If it was 10 out of 10, I'd go to 15 on that volume. And I would literally just let everyone know that we need business. I would turn, if I were Graham Potter, I'd turn into the final boss. He has to do it now. Because now his job really is in question. So you may as well change it up. Really go in on people and just let them know that this isn't okay. And send them home half an hour later. Say what you need to say in 30 minutes, send them home, let everyone go home pissed off on Monday and just be like sitting there just going, what the fuck have I just wasted my morning on? Let them start thinking these things. That's what happens when the manager can roast you. Sometimes you go, what have I done? What the fuck? We need these players thinking this. We need players snapping out of it. The new signings, yeah, they they can be a part of this. They could be like, wow, like I feel like I've played all right. No, 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 no. The team needs to be better so they can start going in on each other. And I feel like that's the way to kind of come out of this rather than giving rest days, being a bit too nice because we've got what leads three o'clock on Saturday next week. And I tell you what, I need to see the players turning up to this. But do you know what? In, in a message to social media, my... My general outset on this right now is that we should just take time off the app. Take time off. Say what you need to say today. Take time off. There's no reason to be on the app constantly scrolling through, interacting with everything. There is no reason. Um, It's only going to lead to to one thing, and that's going to be you getting annoyed, probably adding to that toxicity. We don't need that. Say what you need to say today. Stay off the app, and then let's see what Saturday brings us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. What what more can I say, really? No, exactly. I think in a difficult moment, supporters should you know be brought together more than ever, rather than try and cause a divide a divide that's unnecessary. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week of that Chelsea pod. Apologies, I don't don't know how much. I think it was a decent amount of Spurs chat. I was just a more general chat about things as a whole. As always, with guests, I get them to give themselves one fun plug. Jam, tell people where they can find you and all your work. 
Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so you can find me on at carefree underscore jam. That is TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And obviously the Chelsea social at the Chelsea social and at the CFCW social, um, both on Twitter and Instagram. Nice one, nice one. Those links will be in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter at that Chelsea Podcast, on Instagram at that Chelsea Podcast, on all your usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you've liked what you heard, please leave a rating and a review whenever to put out any likes, retweets. Goes a long way. Um, look, at the end of the day, we're all Chelsea fans, it's a tough situation right now. But now, so more than ever, we need to we need to get together rather than you know fight uh, fights uh, and just cause a, a more toxic environment. So. Just, you know, get over this one. You know, the boys will be back on on, on Saturday and we've just got to, got to go and support them then and, and hope things turn around. And if it doesn't, then again, raise those questions, raise those concerns and then put it to one side and support them again and get ready for Borussia Dortmund. It's as simple as that. Until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.